Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with Nicholas and Heather Vesey. You know, it seems, I don't know about you, even, even today, you know, when <laughs> the snow came down, you know, it seems the problems that we're facing in the world today are endless. The pandemic seems to be going on forever. What last year was supposed to be over by the summer is now still with us with no end in sight. And with Christmas here, it's often difficult to know you know, what to think, what to do, how to react. But actually, you know, our generation here, I think, is a very lucky generation. Both world wars of the last century, when they started, were supposed to be over by Christmas. And they lasted between four and five years. And, you know, it has always been thus. In that first reading, the people were walking in darkness. And, you know, you can imagine what sort of darkness they lived in. There was plagues, there was war, there was, you know, the fear of death at any moment, no police, nothing around to help. You know, there was a dark situation. And, you know, Mary and Joseph too, you know, they had to travel, this is a new one, vast distances across dangerous territory so they could register and be taxed. Not something we would do to you. Right, you all got to go to Oklahoma on a donkey so that you can be taxed. Well, no thanks. And then there was no room in the inn. And then Herod tried to kill them, along with all the other, he killed all the other children. I mean, children in Bethlehem. It was not a happy time. It seems that since time began, the darkness has always been over the face of the deep. And yet... And yet, those people who walked in darkness ended up seeing a great light. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, the government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And and Jesus was thought to be the light that shines in the darkness. So, at this Christmas time, with all the darkness that's around us, We're really here to find that light so that we too may have knowledge of a wonderful counsellor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, a prince of peace. We're looking for that night. You you know, you can look at it in the nativity. You can look at it in the baby Jesus in the manger. You can look at it in the eyes of your children when they open their Christmas presents. But the problem is... Those sorts of lights are so fleeting, and that by New Year's Day, they're sort of but a memory, and we're still left in the darkness. So we look for relief. We try to work out what to do, where to look. We rack our brains trying to find solutions. And perhaps that's it. Perhaps we're looking in the wrong place. Because the source of light that we're looking for, that will provide those solutions, is not out there. But it's within us. Jesus has always said the kingdom of heaven is within us. So if we're looking for that, perhaps it's within us. Perhaps the meaning of Christmas is not so much about the birth of the historical Jesus 2,000 years ago, but the birth of that light within us. Now, Meister Eckhart is a 14th century theologian, and he said in the 14th century, what good is it to me 
If the Son of God is born to Mary 1400 years ago, but is not born in my person, in my culture, and in my time. What good is it if Jesus was born 1400 years, if, if that light is not born in me? And Evelyn Underhill, who's an English mystic, she says, the incarnation, which is for popular culture synonymous with the historical birth and early life of Christ, is not only this, but also a perpetual cosmic and personal process. It is an everlasting bringing forth in the universe and also in the ascending soul of the divine and perfect life, the pure character of God. So Christmas is really the time for that Christ nature to be born in us. And I can tell you one thing, it's not born by thinking about it. Us getting smarter about the darkness is not going to bring light. It's just going to bring better places to hide. For the light to be born in us, we have to go from our minds and all that thinking into our hearts. And we know when we go into our hearts what that feels like. We know we have to deliberately go to the still place in our hearts and allow that still place to grow. It's here, that light, not from here. And we have to cultivate it, that heartness, in moments of quiet. Try it next time you have a moment. You know, get into your heart and breathe into that place of love. See what that feels like. That's where the peace that passes all understanding comes from. And when you do that, you awake that peace that passes all understanding. And the heart awakes wisdom. It awakes truth. It awakes love, which do provide the answers that we're looking for. And that is the light of Christ, the light of the Christ mass. To live from our hearts is to live from love. And that awakes the wisdom that is the wonderful counsellor, the light that comes into the world. When we have a problem, our immediate reaction is to think how to solve this. But in truth, the solution is often found in our hearts, in those feelings, those nuances and those promptings that our body gives us. The mind's not privy to that. The heart is privy to that wisdom. That is the word becoming flesh and dwelling amongst us. It is how we bear the Christ in our lives. And that's the light that we bring to ourselves and we bring to those around us. And when we do that, we birth love. As it says in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. Not from here. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It does not dishonor others. Love does not delight in wrongs. It always protects, always trusts, always perseveres. Love never fails. Jesus came to tell us that we have that love within us and that we should look for it, not outside ourselves, but in our hearts. Love is giving with no expectation of a return. It doesn't involve a bargain or a deal and therefore cannot be understood by the mind, but only by the heart. By going to that still place in our hearts, we not only find a still place in a turning world, we find a centering. 
I can do my practical demonstration now, which is bound to go wrong. But gyroscopes, those people that know about gyroscopes, you know, it's a wobbly thing, it'll just fall over. But if you get the gyroscope to work properly, then it actually stands up. Well, it should do. There we are. I told you it was going to go wrong. The gyroscope stands up and actually it balances. I'll, st- I'll quit while I head and stop like that. It balances, just like the turning of the earth, just like the turning of the planets. Right in the center, there is a still point around which everything turns. That one place of peace, the one light that nothing can put out that light. It's the true place of enlightenment within us, of salvation. It's what you're looking for. So this Christmas, see if you can prepare that place of peace within you, in your heart, to become Christ to all that are around you, to be Christ at your table, to welcome the Christ in others, to witness the appearance of Christ in those around you. Our quiet moments, our meditations go into that. It's a time for renewing relationships that have been broken of being willing to see our lives through fresh eyes. And doing that, going to that place of peace, leads to joy. And that joy is the heart of Christmas. A joy that comes from within. A light that can never be put out, no matter how the darkness surrounds us. I came across a poem by Rumi, which I thought was pretty good, about love and the fact that love can do so much. It's called The Silkworm. The Silkworm by Rumi. I stood before a silkworm one day, and that night my heart said to me, I can do things like that. I can spin skies. I can be woven into love that can bring warmth to people. I can be soft against a crying face. I can be wings that lift. I can travel on my thousand feet throughout the earth, my sacks filled with the sacred. And I replied to my heart, Dear, can you really do these things? And it just nodded yes in silence. And so we began, and we will never cease. Thanks for listening. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you. And if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.